So right there where you're at, I want to please invite you to open up with me to the book of Daniel's, Daniel chapter 3, verses 8 through 18. Daniel 3, 8 through 18. When you have it, you can confirm it with an amen. Daniel 3, 8 through 18. We're going to read a nice little portion. Daniel chapter 3, verses 8 through 18 reads as so. It says, Therefore, at the time, at that time, at that certain time, Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Verse 10, you, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, Lear and psaltery, and symphony with all kind of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regards to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. 13. The Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying to them, is it true Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in harmony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? I give you a hint. We know this God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand O king verse 18 is very very interesting but if not let it be known to you O king that we do not serve your gods nor we worship the gold image which you have set up Amen. Let us pray. Father, we come before you so happy, so thankful, so grateful for all you've done, do, what you're doing, what you have in place for us. We know, God, that we are not here by chance. You are here. You are here. And when you and us are here, there is something great that is going to take place. Speak to our hearts. Use my lips of clay. I am nothing but your everything. Bless our pastor, Sister Jasmine, their children right now where they're at. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. 
I'd like to speak a little bit on something that we may think we're going to hear, but not in that form. And I'd like to title this message, I Will Still. I Will Still. I'm going to preach a different sermon, and I pray that we never, ever, ever question God's power, nor his love, nor his commitment with us, nor the reason why he created us with a purpose, nor his loyalty, nor his love, his friendship, and who he is, and why we are here, and what is going on in our life. We've heard many beautiful messages throughout our Christian life, sermons, teachings, preachings, we have heard such great things about God, and, and it has strengthened our faith, made us that much more of a faithful believer. We've heard about his miracle-working power. We have heard about his healing power. We have heard about his providing power, his delivering power, and he is omnipresent, omnipotent, all everything. We've heard so much about the God that we serve. And let me read Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, think according to the power that works in us. But sometimes we can take for granted that God will heal every sickness, meet every financial need, open every prison door, Put back together every broken marriage or family. But sometimes God does not heal. Sometimes God does not come through with a miracle. Sometimes God does not repair a broken marriage, a broken family, a broken child, a broken home, a broken uh, a heart, a broken spirit, broken dreams. Whatever you're going through, brokenness, sometimes he does not do so. And my question to you, and when I say to you as a pause... Every person who preaches, preaches to themselves first. Never think that the preacher, whomever you see up here teaching, preaching, is it's all about. No, we hear it before you hear it. Amen. But sometimes God does not heal, as I said. Sometimes God does not come through with a miracle or does not repair that broken home. Um, and, and that question that I have is, what will you do? What will you do if the answer is no? What will you do if he does not deliver you? What do you do if God does not heal? What does... What will you do if these things that we need don't occur? Sometimes we become so accustomed to who God is, to the fact that God will say yes to everything, that we don't know what to do when he says no. When he says no. Us who have children, we know that we don't say yes to every little thing. Daddy, I want a pony, little Michelle. Uh, big Michelle, old Michelle told me, and it's like, okay, baby girl, one of these days, and inside of me, I'm like, how in the world am I going to get a little pony? Why, where am I going to keep this little pony? So sometimes the answer is no. 
Is there someone here that can say, you know, I know that God can heal, and I know that God can put my home together, and I know that God can provide my financial need, but if not, I will still love him, I will still trust him, I will still praise him, I will still serve him, I will still follow him. I know that God can do what he wants to do, how he wants, but if not, I will continue to follow him, I will continue to come to church, I will continue to pay my tithes and give my offerings and serve in any capacity that the church wants me to. I know that God can, but what if? What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? Our text is very familiar here. We've heard this preaching many times in different, uh, different settings and such. But the fourth man and the fact that he's still in the furnace waiting for us when we go through a trial. You are not alone. The bravery of three men who gain God's favor through separation. The furnace that was designed, think about it for a moment. The furnace that was designed to destroy them actually delivered them. You see, God's word is true. What the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. And I began to, to, to read and dissect a little bit, and something that caught my attention, I'm sure it's caught the majority of, uh, of your attention, were three simple words, yet very powerful, and it speaks greatly about these young men. They said, we know that God is able to deliver us out of the fiery furnace. We know that God can send angels from heaven and just pull us out of the danger. We know that God can kill each and every one of our persecutors. We know that this same God that opened up the Red Sea and allowed our forefathers to walk on dry land to pass through the other side can also deliver us from this furnace. We know that our God is able to deliver us, but if not but if not we still trust him we still trust him how many of you today can say no matter what happens in my life no matter what the circumstance is we will i will still serve the lord the statement was made before they even knew what the outcome was going to be they had no idea. It's easy for us to pass through a circumstance, a trial, a tribulation, a problem, and to say, ah, it was a piece of cake. I knew that I was going to do great. But little does everybody know that we were calling everybody and their grandma saying, I need your prayer. I need your prayer. I need your prayer. But you see, it's easy when it's over. It's a different situation when it's begun and the answer is no, no. In case we die, so just think about it for a moment. It's if as though these men were saying to the king, the bold king, that everybody was obeying except for them. In case we die in this furnace and we don't get another chance to tie you again, we're going to make it clear one more time. We will never bow down to the graven image. We will never serve your gods. We will never forsake our experience. We will never, ever turn our backs on God. Never, ever, ever. We don't know our outcome, but 
we do know that God is able, but if not, we will still continue to worship him. And I wonder if somebody is able to say, I don't know what tomorrow brings for me. I don't know if God's going to heal me. I don't know if God's going to open up that door for me. I don't know if God's going to give me that raise, that new home, that car, fit my financial needs. I don't know what's going to be happening tomorrow, but devil, just in case, just in case you didn't hear me the first time around, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to serve the Lord. If the answer is no today, it may be yes tomorrow. If it's no tomorrow, it may be yes the following day. You see, I know, I know that God's able, but if he doesn't, we'll still worship him, amen? I know that God can, but if not, we'll still serve him. It's not a matter of just serving God on our own terms. When things are going our way and when everything is peachy, when we have what we need and we lack nothing, then it's, then it's, it's easy to go to church, isn't it? I don't know if I'm the only one, but it's easy to go to church. We have a full tank of gas, honey, and ourselves. We all have jobs, and, and you know, we have a, a, a three-story. We don't. We have a three-story home, and we have four cars. And, and no, I'm not talking about Brother Ulysses. He's got three cars. And, and, and everything is going so good. Everything's going great. But then it's as though the brakes. What now? What now? You see, if I die in the furnace, if you die in the furnace, that's okay. Because we'll just wake up shouting in the hills of glory. If we die in the furnace, that's okay. Because one day soon and very soon, we're going to be dancing in the streets of gold. So just in case, let me tell you one more time, I will trust the Lord no matter what tomorrow may bring Bible has some very powerful verses. Psalm 910 says, and those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And Hebrews 13, 6 says, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do? They can talk bad about me. They can slash my tires. They can punch me in the face. They can shoot me with an M16, and they can kill me. But after that, oh, well, hey, thank you. You just let, allow me to make it to heaven that much quicker. They cannot touch our souls, amen? They cannot. How about Job? Job for a moment. Job had to have been the most confused, dumbfounded, what is going on? I don't understand what just happened from this to that to that to that to this to that. Literally from there to there. Here's a man who was well respected by others. The Bible says that he loved God and he was living for God. He hated Evil. The Bible says that he was the greatest man in the East. He was a life that was the perfect fulfillment or interpretation of Deuteronomy chapter 28. You can read it on a different day, verses 1 on, where God promised that if a man would hearken to his commandments and do them, they would be 
blessed. Blessed shall be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall be in the fruit of the body, and the fruit of the ground, and the fruit of the cattle, and the flocks of the sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed thou shalt be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be as thy goest out. The Lord shall cause thy enemies, listen carefully, that rise against me or life church to be smitten, destroyed um, before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thy hand upon. Everything he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Give the Lord a hand praise for that. But everything, everything changed in a few days without any change in his living. He didn't curse God. He didn't backslide. He didn't turn to false gods. He just, he, he was just doing what was right. Loving God, hating evil, serving God, turning his face to the bad. But without warning, without hesitation, explanation, life was turned Upside down. Isn't that a bummer? Doing everything and life was turned upside down. In just one day, I know Sister Jojo was mentioning about uh, going through situations and whatnot and, and pity parties and so on and so forth. Listen to what he endured in one day. The Sabians took his oxen. Fire fell from heaven and consumed his sheep. The Chaldeans took his camels. That's bad. But this, in my opinion. A tornado destroyed the home where all his children and their spouses were. His health failed. His wife turned against him. His friends asked what he'd done to deserve this. You can write a country western song with all these bad things. He had no idea why this was. He was caught up with just about every emotion uh, imaginable that somebody would face in this kind of a situation. But in spite of it all, the Bible says in, in Job 1.22, in all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Talk about a powerful story, even more incredible about Job was his proficiency with God. One day he was just sitting there scratching his boils, uh, sores and whatnot, searching deeply and wondering and just, just deep thought. What happened? Why did this happen? How long is it going to last? Have you ever asked yourself those questions? How long is it going to last? Uh, his friends came by to comfort him. You too may have friends who comfort you in a comfortless way but his friends came and said Job what's this where's the God that you serve Job what, what, what what's what's going on doesn't it bother you that God hasn't explained his actions to you who are we for God to explain anything to amen who are you who am I to give that kind of God where is my explanation God have mercy on us if we ever find ourselves doing that do you ever get upset or ever question God as we go through a trial? Answer that inside. You ever try to dictate God 
to God, what to do, rather what not to do. Job looked back at those friends and said, I love to speak to God and ask him some questions of myself, but I can't do that because he's not a man. He, you know, we're, we're, we can't be here face to face over a cup of Joe and, and me asking him that. Uh, I've been sitting here thinking, and you know, the only thing that comes to my mind is it could be worse than this. It could be worse than this. God could step out of the heavens, flaming sword in his hand, look me in the eye, and drive that sword into my heart. And just in case I don't wake up to see the morning sun again, let me just say, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Yet I will trust him. I know that God can turn my situation around today if he desires, uh, but if, if he doesn't, I'm still going to trust him. John the Baptist was in prison. He was a victim of a jealous woman with a Jezebel spirit sitting in a prison cell waiting to have his head chopped off and presented to her on a silver platter. He, too, had things running through his mind. I've done everything I could for the Messiah. I've been the voice crying in the wilderness. I've submitted to him and confessed that he is greater than me. I've done everything right. Now, surely, he'll come and crush open these prison doors and open up for me and deliver me. As he waited patiently, Nothing happened. And so one day, John sent the disciples to find Jesus. And then they asked him, are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah? And the response of Jesus is interesting because he didn't say, yes, I am. No, I'm not. Uh, hang with me for just a little bit. Uh, and when you go back, you let John know the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers cleanse, the deaf hear, the dead raise up again, the poor hearing the word. Even more so interesting is what Jesus didn't say because the passage to which Jesus is referring to is found in Isaiah 61 that says, preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, comfort those who mourn, give the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Jesus knew that John also knew this. And John knew that part of the Messiah's anointing was he will open the prison doors to set them free. Jesus was saying to John through his disciples, John, you and I both know I can. You know that I can open the prison doors. But in your case, I choose not to. I choose not to. John, and listen carefully, can you accept that and not be offended? Offended. Because blessed is he that can take no for an answer and not be offended. What do you mean by offended? Does that mean a person who is holier than thou and not getting their blessing? I'm offended at you, God. Don't you know who I am? And don't you know what I've done? And don't you know what I've been through? And don't, not that offended. Offended in this case. In other words, Jesus is giving warning to give up or not to give up belief. Because he doesn't immediately meet a person's expectations. Hopefully some of you are not like, oh my gosh, no, that means no forever. I'm not God. It could just be no for that moment. 
But blessed is he that can sit up in his prison cell and say, I know that if Jesus desired, I know that if he wanted to, he could storm the prison, deliver me. But if not, I won't be offended. If he heals me, great. If not, I won't be offended. If I don't see my children in church for a, another 10 years, I won't be offended. If God doesn't open this door, I won't be offended. If God doesn't open that door, I won't be offended. We're speaking about opening doors, yet we don't realize that God is doing something because that door is slammed shut. That's an answer right there. Hebrews 11 speaks on the faithful. Listen carefully. Hebrews 11, 32 through 39 says, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah. Of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight. The armies of the aliens, women receive their dead, raised to life again. That would be great if it ended right there, if everything just stopped and, and, and that was it. However, without even pausing, without even skipping a beat, Paul says to the faithful ones, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Uh, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Isn't that amazing? Oh, wow. Notice that all were good. They received a good report. Not one was less than the other. But while some had the lion's mouth shut, others were stoned, while some had their children brought back to life, others were tortured. God is able to quench the violence of fire, but sometimes he chooses not to. We know that God is able to turn and destroy the enemy because we've seen it, but sometimes he chooses not to. But blessed are we who are not offended in him. Blessed are we who can say, I know God can, but if not, I will still trust him and not be offended. Now, in the uncertainty we all what we can do more is to trust in God. Trust in God. I don't think we can ever trust too much in God. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Here the word faith is persist, which means confidence, sureness, certainty, trust. Now in order to please God, you and I must have complete pastice in him. No doubt that I'm in good hands. No doubt 
that God's going to take control of it. No doubt, it means saying, God, I don't necessarily like going through this valley, but I'm trusting you through it. God, I don't necessarily like this storm that I'm going through, but I'm trusting you through it. God, I don't like the trial that I'm going through, but I'm trusting you through it, and I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to give up. That's the kind of faith that pleases God. That's the kind of faith, not the prayer that says, God, take me out of the valley. But as David prayed, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. God is good. I know if we wanted to, or I know if you wanted to, God, you could take me out of this valley that I'm going through, this furnace that I'm in, this prison cell, this trial, I'm living hell on earth. But if not, I will still trust you 100 per stake, unmistakably, absolutely, and without reservations. Stand with me right now. Without reservations. Some are wondering right now, why is God letting me go through this? That's because he loves you. Well, don't love me too much, God. That's because he loves you. He's working out your impurities. He's burning them up. He's trying to make a better you. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know it's painful. I've been there before. Don't let my young age fool you of some or another. I've been there. Many of you have been there before. And we know how it's like to want to throw the white towel in. We know how it's like to want to quit. We know what it's like to make one of the biggest mistakes of our life and say, drop the mic, I quit going to church. We don't come to church to serve one another. We come to church to serve God. Well, I can do it from home. Please show me how, because the times I've done it, I've neglected God in every which way. I grew up in church, and I've tried doing it for many years as a youngster, as a uh, younger person, and now at, at an older age. I can't see it happening. Too many destruction, dis, uh, uh, interruptions, distractions, everything that comes. So the enemy begins to put things in our minds. The enemy begins to use people without even knowing. I go to say hi to uh, Brother Howard, and he just walks by me. See, God, that's why I don't want to go to church. Little did I know that he's facing one of the most problem times of his life. He could, I won't say him, but somebody could be contemplating suicide. Somebody could be contemplating something. And because, as Sister Jojo called it a pity party, I agree. We say, I ain't going to church no more. I know that's not correct English. I shall never go to church and so we start to blame these things on God when all God wants to do is make us better. Don't get bitter. Get better. 
Romans 8.36 says, As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, principalities, powers, nor the things present, or the things to come, height, or depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Never forget that He is your best friend, closer than a brother. There's a Spanish song. Maybe I have Brother Mondo singing along with me one of these days. Jesus, mi fiel amigo. One of my favorite songs. Brother Noah can join us too. He knows it. It's a beautiful song. It speaks about the Lord, our faithful friend. And when I hear that song, my heart just melts. I like to listen to it when I'm going to work, when my wife's away, the kid's away, and, and I can just, just cry, just shed some tears. Not that they're going to say anything, but men, you know what I'm talking about. You do that too. Proverbs 18, 24 says, he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'm telling you, church, God doesn't let his children walk through furnaces alone. He doesn't let them walk into the lion's den without the angel of the Lord by their side. He doesn't flood the earth until they're all in the ark and the door is shut. He doesn't let, your hear, he doesn't let you hear the diagnosis alone. He stands by your side. He doesn't let them get thrown into prison without giving them a song. Just look at the story of Paul. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. And when things are heating up in your life, that's when God puts his arms around you and says, hold on, my child. Hold on, my child. Let me remind someone today that he's got your back today. He had your back yesterday. He has your back tomorrow. He didn't bring us this far for us to fail. He didn't teach us to swim for us to drown. He didn't teach us to fight to let us lose to an enemy that's already been defeated. And there are some of you right now thinking, where am I? How did I get here? And this is anybody, 18 and up, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. There are some that are thinking, how did I get here? Why am I here? Why is it getting hotter in this furnace? Who turned up the heat? If it's you that I'm talking to, I, I want to invite you to passed down confidently to the altar. We saw as we were praying for the needs, there were 23 needs written up there. Two of them were family, so who knows how many more. 23 plus the additional. Those are the ones that filled up, out the app to request prayer. Needs, needs, many needs. Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But let me give you hope. After all this, speaking of Job, the Lord restored him and blessed him 
double. Your answer today may be no, but don't give hope. Don't give hope. You know what I'm talking about, parents? Our child wants something so bad, and we're like, just another toy for them. But dad, you know me, I'm going to be, yeah, I know you, that's why I'm not getting it for you. So we say no, and they have to prove to us that they're ready. They have to prove to us that even if I say no, you're going to still obey me. You're going to still clean up. You're going to still do your responsibilities. Dad, you didn't buy me that pony. I'm moving out of the house right now. I'm moving in with the Salazars, which, by the way, they're good cooks. Some are just a day away from their yes. But because they got their no today, they're on the verge of throwing it all away. Everyone that's here, those that are watching me, never forget that God loves you passionately. It doesn't matter what the person in front, to your back, to your sides, think about you. At the end of the day, when the trumpet sounds, they're not going to be able to save you. They're not going to be able to say, I know him, God. Take him with you, Jesus. Take him. He's a good friend of mine. It's not, in this case, it's not who you know. But it's what you know. And are you willing to keep on keeping on when the answer is no? So this altar is now open. God's no is for a reason. We know it's not always about us. Nebuchadnezzar, all these false idols, he later praises God. Do you know that? He later praises God. Verse 29 tells us, no other God who can deliver like this. Nebuchadnezzar witnessed it. He witnessed it. This altar is now open. You've been struggling with the situation. You've been struggling with the sickness. You've been struggling with uh, 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 something that is hindering you. Don't let this moment pass you on. Jesus is waiting with his arms open wide. Lord, we pray that you touch every heart's presence. Lord, we pray that you wipe every tear away. Lord, we pray that you give us perseverance. Lord, we pray that you give us courage. Lord, we pray that you keep that fire burning. And if it's just dying off, we ask that you ignite it once again. Any disturbances, any imperfections, God, you do your thing. You do your thing, God. We know that we are a work, a work in progress. 
And we know, Lord, that you and you alone have something great for our life. You created us with purpose. You created us for a reason. You have something in store. Let us not miss out on it. Let us not throw it away like thousands have done so before us. Let us not neglect God. Let us not pull away from you. Let us not close our ears to you. Let us not turn our face from you. We know you're a present help in time of need. We know that you are there by our side. We know that you are there wanting to comfort us, wanting to pick us up, lift us up. You don't want us to go astray. You don't want us to give up. You don't want us to lose hope. You don't want us to get discouraged any longer. But you want to lift our spirits. And here we are, God, open to you, willing to receive of you, God. Some may have distanced themselves from you. But here they are, God, with their arms open to you. With their heart open for you. They are waiting for a word, God. Please give a word to that person or persons who need a word. Please encourage those who need encouragement. Those who may be thinking otherwise. Lord, let them feel your love. Let them feel your love. Let them feel your love. You love us so much. What a moment You have brought me to such a freedom I have found in You're the healer You make all things new, yeah Yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going back I'm moving ahead to you my past is over and you all things I may do surrender my life to Christ I'm moving moving forward you have risen Ahead. I'm here to, to declare, declare to you my past. 